Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Obviously, what's what's going around? What's what's going on right now in our in our sports landscape? And we've got the NFL Combine in action uh, in Indianapolis. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I typically go. I have not been the last two years since COVID, unfortunately, but good friend of mine, Cynthia Freeland, we see her all over the NFL network. She's there and she's been so kind to uh, agree to jump on with us in about 10 minutes. And there's a lot of news coming out of the combine about the Giants. As we know, the Jets did not go. They spent a lot of time at the Senior Bowl uh, and I'm sure got a lot of uh, a plethora of information and and whatnot, but um, you know a, a lot coming out of uh, the, uh, the 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 combine in regard to the Giants because uh, as we know they have two picks in the top seven, uh, which is really really awesome. Uh, expecting I'm expecting them to get two really stud linemen, whether it's two offensive linemen, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman. But also some other news out there pertaining to Daniel Jones, pertaining to Saquon Barkley and, you know, should or should he not be traded? And if he's traded, what can the Giants get for him and all that good stuff? So we'll find out the latest from Cynthia Freeland in regard to the buzz, what she's hearing in and around Indianapolis. You've got every owner, every general manager, every head coach, coordinators, you name it, agents. Uh, it is a uh, a plethora of information in a very small downtown area of Indianapolis uh, where, uh, where we'll get the latest from Cynthia Freeland. Also, Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, he's on a flight right now heading back to New York. He said he, he thinks he's going to land around 7.30, 7.45. As soon as he uh, deboards, he's going to uh, text me. And so we're going to get Jordan on the line. We'll have him on the show sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, you know, hopefully his, his flight, there was no more delays and, and, and we'll get him on before the show ends. So, and we'll get an update from Jordan Renan pertaining specifically to uh, what he's hearing and what he heard out there in Indianapolis with Saquon Barkley and some of the players, uh, some of the college players that Giants fans need to be in the know about as we get closer to the draft. Uh, pertaining to gambling, We've got a lot going on. Uh, there's a number of uh, NBA games, some obviously that already started, so it's hard to get those bets in, but some that have not. And uh, specifically the Bucks and the Bulls, before we take our first break, I'm going to have those plays for you. I've got a number, a plethora, as I like to call it, of plays in the Knicks-Suns game. And some prop bets I'll get to you as well. You've got Duke and UNC tomorrow. I'll have a play in that. Also, we have a golf tournament that's taking place it's the florida swing it's bay hill and uh, victor hovland top of the leaderboard um you know i don't toot my horn my horn often but um but when i do um yeah i'm gonna toot it right now because last week heading into saturday uh burger was my pick to win the tournament and he went in obviously we know what happened to him on if you do follow golf he had a, a five-shot lead heading into Sunday. He had an 85% chance of winning, and unfortunately, he wet the bed. I'd say something else. It's a family show. Um, so this is the second week now 
that my pre-tournament winner was Victor Hovland, and now he's heading into Saturday at the top of the leaderboard. I'm just hoping that we have a different result from Victor Hovland uh, than we did Daniel Berger. So we'll, we'll have some golf plays and some picks for you as well heading into the weekend. You know, what, what are the odds right now? They're probably not very good. Last I checked before we started the show, they were not posted yet, but I would imagine that you're not getting plus money any longer for Victor Hovland heading into the weekend, even though Rory is right on his coattails. So a lot to get to um, in the next two and a half hours, again, leading up to your Knicks pregame show. And then, of course, you'll listen to the Knicks in the, in the Suns game right here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, this show is brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. But before we take a break, we're going to come back, and we will have Cynthia Freeland on with us. I, I do want to get uh, the Bucks and Bulls plays for you. So how am I playing this game? Tip-off is at, four, is, is at 7.30, so it's about 20 minutes away. Um, I really do like the over, and it's a it's a hefty over. It's 240. The line opened up at 238 and a half. Sometime like late afternoon, it jumped up to 239 and a half. Now it's at 240. I still like the over. Why? You've got a Bulls team. They are they're on the second of a back-to-back. They played in Atlanta last night. Then they had to get on a flight, head back to Chicago. Also, no Caruso, no ball. So their defense has been struggling. Meanwhile, for the Bucks, they've just been uber dominant. Second best offense in the NBA. They average 120 points per game. They're shooting 58%. So I just, I think there's, and and you've got a lot of talent, obviously, on both sides of the court. So I I just, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of talent here and a lot to tap into offensively. So first and foremost, I like the over in this matchup. And again, that's it through 240. It's a lot. I know it's a hefty number. If you're scared, say you're scared. You don't want to play it. Don't play it. I'm just letting you know what I'm playing. Um, My favorite bet in this matchup, and this is really interesting. So the Bucs have the best first quarter rating in the NBA. They're plus 10, 10 and a half first quarter rating. And keep in mind, they have the rest advantage. They haven't played in two days. As I just said, the Bulls second of a back to back. The Bulls, they're 23rd in first quarter rating. And they're 13 and 20 against the spread in the first quarter at home. So my best bet is taking the Bucks at minus one and a half in the first quarter. It's my best bet. Actually, that was my best bet tonight on Daily Wager. I just got off of Daily Wager. That's my best bet on Daily Wager tonight was that first quarter play for the Bucks minus one and a half. Um, also, Bobby Portis going up against his former team. Dude likes to ball out. So uh, I'm going over in points for Bobby Portis. I'm going over in points and rebounds for Bobby Portis tonight. Go back and look at all his matchups when he goes up against the Bulls, his former team, and he just, uh, it's, 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 it's an unbelievable, uh, it's a motor that doesn't stop. Um, and a lot of guys are like that. So, uh, so that, that's how I'm playing the Bucks bulls So again, over 240. My favorite is the Bucks in the first quarter at minus one, one and a half, and I'm taking the over in points and over in points and rebounds for Bobby Portis tonight. Without further ado, let's take you to the Combine. It's my favorite week of the year. Unfortunately, I am not there, but my very dear friend, Cynthia Freeland, is Cynthia. Good evening. How you doing? Hi. I'm, how are you? I was just saying, you know, Combine's my favorite week of the year. Unfortunately, it's my second year. I'm not there. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there next year. But as we both know, just a plethora of information that you can get while you're there. How has this week been for you? Exhausting but normal, <laughs> but good. Very good. 
always very good. So, so all right. So let's yeah, dive in. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, lots of good stuff. Always, you know, it's 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 all the same and all you know, it's the same same stuff, different year. All right. So let's a, a, a lot I want to I want to touch on with you, right? And uh, because there's there's so much out there right now. First and foremost, uh, let's talk about what's happening here in New York in our own backyard. And uh, there's a lot of talk and speculation and and rumors that the Giants are listening to offers to try to trade Saquon Barkley. What are you hearing about that? And if that was to happen, what teams do you think would be interested in him? You know, it's funny because like, you'll hear it, and then you'll hear it's not true. And then you'll hear it, and then you'll hear it's not true. But I think it looks like Saquon Barkley is an interesting, an interesting opportunity to take, you know, maybe some of these teams with, we saw it last year, teams, teams with running backs where you saw they get hurt kind of last minute. You saw Sonny Michelle get traded to the Rams after Cam Akers was injured. But what I'm really looking at is, you know, what's the, what are teams with enough cap space to be able to absorb like that situation and potentially keep him and, and get him this long-term situation where it's, it's not moving teams every season. Right. So, I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone. I, I feel like people don't think it's true, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a team with, you know, the, the, I don't know. I, I would, nothing will surprise me after that. Uh, what about Daniel Jones? You know, we, we heard the organization, John Mara and um, and Joe Shane and, and the crew say that they're committed to Daniel Jones this year. Are you hearing anything about them picking up his fifth-year option or what they're going to do with his contract moving forward? I have not heard anything about that, but I do believe that they're committed to him. And I do believe that they're trying to create the situation for him to succeed. It's been an interesting week here when it comes to quarterbacks because obviously there's always the linkage between Joe Shane and Brian Dable with a one Mitchell Trubisky. And I think the one thing is Trubisky, because for what etc. So I've just been really interested. I will be very interested to see how it all works out. Because that's the one where I'm like, wow, like no one did it better for themselves at the combine than Mitchell Trubisky and he didn't even come. Uh, we, we we broke up with you for just a second, I, I guess. So if you were to give us a percentage of the probability of Mitchell Trubisky ending up here in New York as a quote-unquote backup to Daniel Jones, what percentage would that be, Cynthia? Ten, not not high at all. I think some other team's okay. going to take him and make him a starter. I think Ooh, and, some starter. And, yeah. And what t- could that team be, the Colts, by chance? I don't know. I don't know if the Colts are in love with him or not. I do think, though, that, you know, a lot of people have been like, you know who's the best available quarterback here? It's Mitchell Trubisky. And you're like, okay. And then, you know, obviously we saw the quarterbacks throw, and then you get a few people who are risers in that, and some people want to take the swing with the, you know, I think Malik Willis is probably the, 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 the favorite. Maybe he's not the number one that goes, but he's kind of everyone's, like, darling here. And, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, we don't, I don't want to, I don't have enough time left in the arsenal for that. Maybe, maybe he goes somewhere, you know, maybe he goes somewhere. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. What's going on in Denver? What's going on? There's, there's a lot of things that are up in the air. I feel like one quarterback could go. And if Aaron Rodgers goes, then a lot of things change. If Aaron Rodgers stays, then a lot of things stay the same. That's kind of how I feel. Well, it's interesting you say that. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here. You can see her all over the NFL Network. She's been crushing it uh, in Indianapolis all week long. Reports now is that uh, the Green Bay Packers are going to offer Aaron Rodgers a contract of a lifetime and that he's going to stay. Is that what you're hearing as well in Indy? 
that is what I'm hearing. However, it is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. So they'll offer him the contract of a lifetime, but is that going to be enough for him? That's going to be the real credit, the real question. So will that be enough? I, that's, that's what I'm curious about. Right. So, so he's the main, he's like the lead domino. Then what happens after that falls? What are you hearing about Jimmy Garoppolo? I really truly believe that the 49ers should not trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel that they have a roster to win right now, and I don't believe they could win with Trey Lance. What are you hearing about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think that that, like, I don't know if you can put that genie back in the bottle. I think they've kind of laid their the groundwork that he's not their guy going forward, and I don't know if you can go recant on that. Now, do I think that's the right choice? I mean, look, if, if maybe like if that's what they believe the situation is, I think that's that, then their truth, right? So if they're already parting ways with him and they've already kind of mentally done that, then I guess that's their truth. Do I think it's the smartest thing to do? Absolutely not. But you know, I. I I think the genie's already out of the bottle, and I don't think you, I don't think you put that one back in there. Uh, before we move on to other topics, any other quarterback news that you heard while you were in Indianapolis th- this week that you were like, whoa, we got to keep an eye on that? Quarterback news? I mean, I have been hearing that the Panthers really like Malik Willis, which is interesting because they're picking pretty high, and that could shape the entire draft as well because there are a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks, obviously – we're hearing a ton of very legitimate rumors that Washington made a pretty big offer for Russell Wilson, to which the Seattle Seahawks stuck up their middle finger and said no. And apart from that, <laughs> um, we'll have to see what happens in that. So that's, that's really, you know, no, no deal there. And then what will happen? I, that's such an interesting question because, like I said, I think there's dominoes and contingency plans. Should Aaron leave or should – you know, the AFC West becomes different with that Broncos situation. But I think, you know, to me, it's like looking like Malik Willis to the Panthers. It's a real, real interesting opportunity. Uh, it's, it, it is going to be interesting to see how this all pans out. Um, one of the, the main bets, or really the only bet that's on the slate or, or the table right now that you could wager on when it comes to the draft is who's going to be the number one overall pick. And uh, I, I believe it's going to be Neil. I mean, just looking at the video of him doing the, 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 the box jump was just ridiculous. Everything I hear about him is that he's absolutely tremendous. Hutchinson, I hear that his arms are too short. There's Thibodeau, who I heard is an absolute freak of, of a beast of a human being. Um, if, based on, on your time there and, and what you've heard all week, who do you think is going to be the number one overall pick come thir- that Thursday night in April? Yeah, look, Evan Neal, he is built. I've never seen anything like it. I looked at him and I'm like, I don't think we're the same species. He has the skinniest waist, like a tight end or a receiver. And he's like 312 or 15 pounds. And he's solid muscle. I, like, I don't, actually, I don't actually think we're the same species. I'm not sure. Because he's, I've never seen anyone <laughs> built like him. And I've, seen a lot, and I've studied O-linemen for a really long time. Ne- I truly haven't seen anything like it. So interestingly enough, when I, when I look at that, it seems like it'd be hard to not pick him. However, Cam Robinson's deal is up. And so are you going to say, we'll take Cam Robinson, restructure him, and pay him? And that O-line was already very highly paid. Are you going to take that and then double down with Evan Neal? I don't know. But Evan Neal is most certainly worth that first-round pick, and whoever gets him is going to be really, really excited. And You know, you could also make the case for the North Carolina, the, the NC State tackle, Iki Ikwam, and Ikwamu, excuse me, and it's, it, he's great as well. But 
I don't know. Evan Neal just looks different. He just honestly, he just looks different. I, I it's it's incredible. Uh, last last one for you, and uh, this was news that came out yesterday. That's Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh. Um, has some pretty small hands. I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Like, well, and like, it's been like, it's all, it's all over the news, dude. Like, give the dude a chance. But, um, you know, in, in talking to a number of scouts, you, you, you hear what they have to say, and, and that is small hands equals uh, a lot of fumbling in the NFL. So, you know, I, I know there's some talk and speculation that he'll go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If his hands are that small, I don't see him going to a team that plays – in, in in cold weather conditions. He's going to have to go to a dome team or a team down in Florida, a team that had, does not have to worry or play in uh, in cold, in bad weather conditions. What what are you hearing about Kenny Pickett, and, and where do you think he'll go in the draft? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the most – I think everyone sort of agrees that he is the most ready right now, the most pro-ready right now. And I don't think that changes. He already plays with two gloves. He already has like, I, I maybe 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 he drops out of first. But whatever, like eight and a half inches is the smallest we've seen. However, and we don't see like a huge deep ball. Like he just the the you know his his video evidence doesn't support a deep ball just in general. But the style of play is probably the most. You know, I, I believe that the the evaluators here probably think that he's the most pro ready at this moment. And so I don't know if that will change by the time we come to April 28th, but ultimately I think people are going to say like any ding they can find is a ding. And, you know, remember the size of his hands, the way you measure it, it could be hand flexibility and not necessarily the actual size of it. Like these things, these things are ridiculous, but they're going to keep watching him throw. They're going to keep go back and watch him throw under pressure and teams will make their own decisions. But I'm, I'm not as concerned about it as many. Uh, last thing, anything, anything else that I didn't touch on that you're walking away from Indianapolis going, wow, that's a really good nugget or that's really good information heading into either free agency or the draft. You know, the funny part about all of this, and, and I'm, I, it's, I think people were just so excited to be back together, that <laughs> that it was like, it's just, it's not been, I mean, I'm also not an insider. I don't, I don't get paid to like, I, you know, I get paid to go do my own analysis. So it's, it's very interesting that, as far as rumors go, you know, I think it's a the wide receiver class did nothing but like support that they are worth this absolute like billing of like such a deep wide receiver class. It's going to be interesting to see how a guy like a Kyle Hamilton tests in defensive backs. They go on Monday, their last. So a Kyle Hamilton is like a special sort of safety. Are we going to continue to have these defensive pieces like a Micah Parsons who are a little bit more positionless? That's interesting. I think a lot of people. A lot of people have like their boards pretty well done, but I think the compression of the time with the one fewer week has made everyone also a little bit more stressed. <laughs> so one fewer week, that, that is, it, it does end up being feeling a little bit different. Cynthia, always great stuff. Uh, we so appreciate you, especially st- taking some time on, on I'm sure, a, a busy and fun Friday night in Indianapolis during the Combine. Um, I so appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. Appreciate you, Q. I miss you. The only thing missing is you. <laughs> next year, I promise. I promise. Next year, I am back. I am there. <laughs> I'm holding you All right. Good. You got it. You got it. Good stuff, Cynthia Freeland. Again, always appreciate you. Uh, a lot to unpack there. A lot to digest. Uh, and when we get back, I'll, I'll share with you. Uh, you know what? What can't like? You know, right now, what can you wager on? What futures bets are out there that you can make pertaining to the NFL and news coming out of the combine, whether it's free agency or whatnot? 
Um, I'll share that with you when we get back. It, it, it's just, it's, it's, it, we're just getting started in that regard. I mean, listen, the draft is until the, the last Thursday in April. So we've got a good two months to really dive into all this information. And I'm sure more and more bets will, will, uh, will, will be revealed as we get closer to draft, obviously. Will the Giants trade Saquon Barkley? How committed are they to Daniel Jones? Will Mitchell Trubisky come here to be the backup quarterback wink wink we'll see what happens can't wait to talk to jordan and get filled in also i've got matt and ralphie hitting me up on twitter saying joe douglas was there needed don't say jets weren't there joe douglas is at the combine along with the scouting department and position coaches only salah and the coordinators didn't go okay so i stand corrected what what i heard and what was being reported is that the jets didn't have any representation there to me that would mean joe d so i stand corrected and thank you for hitting me up but still i just don't why wouldn't your coach and your coordinators go? I, I don't, I still, I don't, I, I just, I still, you know, it's one thing, you're the Rams and you have no first, you have no, you've barely any draft capital for the next hundred years because you've, you've, you've sold your farm away. And one might say, well, what's wrong with that? And they won the Super Bowl. You're absolutely right. But with as much draft capital as the Jets have, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I still don't get it. Um, and yes, is, is it better that they were a part of the senior bowl? Absolutely. When you talk to coaches and whatnot, who've been a part of the senior bowl and have been a part of the coaching staff, they say that, that intimacy, that type of up close and personal, uh, experience with the players is, is priceless. So that's great. But I still think Robert Sala and the coordinator should be there. I, I, I really, I, I just, my own two cents, 800-919-3776. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Ray in a car. Ray, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, how are you? It's first time caller of your show and I'm really enjoying this uh, coverage here that you are, you know, got going with the NFL. So, um, um, you know, thank you for that. And uh, the thing I'm worried about with the Jets is, you know, this, the, these two picks, um, you know, they just never seem to get these picks right. You know, um, they seem to either reach for need or or something like, you know, the year that they drafted Adams, you know, they passed on Mahomes and Watson and, um, you know, they took uh, Becton over uh, Wirfs. Uh, I kind of almost think that um, there's going to be, you know, an elite tackle there with the fourth pick. And I kind of think they kind of got to do what the Cardinals did when they, you know, Realize they made a mistake picking Rosen, and 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 really, you just got to pick the best player because there's a lot of not best players on the Jets teams. Um, you know, it's just it's it's awful to watch, and they're either going to ruin me, Wilson again. Let, like, let me uh, ask you this, sorry. Ray. I'm, I'm no, no, no. It's fine. Let me ask you this. What, what's your take on on Zach Wilson? Are you sold that Zach Wilson is is it? Zero. No, I'm not sold at all. Uh, a lot of reasons. Number one, I felt like um, I, I'm not sold, and I'm also not saying that I think he's a bust either. The reason why I'm not sold is because I felt like his play was extremely sloppy. It was all this talk about his arm talent, and there were so many times where he was either skipping passes, and I'm talking about skipping screens and stuff like that. And a lot of that just has to do with having your footwork done properly. And it, I think he's just 
you know, I don't know, maybe trying to show off the arm too much. And a lot of times he wasn't hitting receivers in stride. Granted, he didn't have great receivers either, but uh, a, a lot. And, and maybe the footwork was sloppy because the offensive line wasn't so great, uh, which is why I think, you know, you know McGovern, uh, he's got to go, get pancaked way too much. Um, uh, Van Roten, same thing, getting pancaked way too much. I hope that they uh, re-sign Leron. Um, but uh, too many questions, too many question marks about Zach Wilson for me. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It felt I mean, like Ray, it was really sloppy. I'm I'm with you, Ray, and and I, and I appreciate your call. And and you know, jury's still out for me. Like you know, the athlete, you see, the athleticism is there. Um, you know, uh, which which you know, obviously is is a big reason as to why uh, you know Joe D and 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 Robert Sala fell in love with him. And you can see why. I just he's too small for me. He's too small. I'm worried about his size. I'm worried about him staying healthy. Um, in in all that all that other stuff. And, and, and like I said, just a second ago, you know, there's such great linemen and, and I know linemen isn't like, especially offensive linemen. It's not a sexy pick. Right. But like, it's, it's so important. It's so important in this league. It's just, it's, um, and it's hard sometimes because, you know, you, you see like a, like a, a real phenomenal defensive lineman who pins his ears back and, and really gets after a quarterback and, you know, you know, like Hutchinson and looks so good at Michigan and um it's it's hard sometimes to I, I call them dancing bears. It's it's hard sometimes to draft a, a dancing bear, but it's it's so it's so poor and so it's so important and it's so crucial, especially with Daniel Jones. If the Giants really want to make a true assessment of Daniel Jones this season, you've got it finally, like for once, like give the dude an offensive line to work with. Please just give him an offensive line to work with. And as we know, of course, Zach Wilson's going to need one as well. Let's go to Anthony in Bayside. Anthony, you're up. Welcome in. Anita, thanks for taking the call. Um, You know, I got to ask you as a longtime Giants fan, Mm -hmm. what is preventing, and I'm watching your first quarter here, what is preventing the Giants from, I don't hear enough talk about them possibly moving one or both of those first round picks for a quarterback. I don't now. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Was, was that crazy? What I said? What, wait, giants taking those, those two, the, the five and the seven for, and for a quarterback. Absolutely. Who's our quarterback? It's not Daniel Jones. He's not the long-term answer. We figured him out already. It, it's not him. I mean, this isn't. I, I get. A, I get a little annoyed by this by people saying Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has proven nothing. He's done nothing in the NFL that makes you say we're so, we're solid when we have two first round picks. We have to build an offensive line to help this kid get to the next level. He's not getting to the next level. He doesn't have elite arm talent. He doesn't have elite athleticism. He has elite nothing. He's not. I, even, I, he's not even an accurate thrower of the ball. So I, dis- I, I disagree. I disagree with you, Anthony. I just don't feel like I don't feel that we have. I don't feel that we have given him an opportunity to really showcase what he can do. He's played behind a horrible offensive line his entire tenure here. Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. Um, but Anita, we're, we're talking about. He's had no I, weapons. I, I can't hear the Saquon Barkley excuse anymore because the NFL, the running back position. I mean, it's so – anybody could be a running back in the NFL. 
Saquon Barkley, me or you. I mean, it, it's really an open position. You don't have to be in a, a, a top 10 pick to be a running back in the NFL. So my question is this. Let's say the 49ers got on the phone with the Giants and said, you know what? We were a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl last year. We have Jimmy Garoppolo here. Would the Giants, in your opinion, and obviously I don't know if this would ever happen. I would hope it would as a Giants fan. What if they said you give us one of those first-round picks, okay, and we'll give you Trey Lance? You, you wouldn't don't want Trey. You don't want Anthony. You want Trey. Anthony. You don't want Trey Lance. You don't Why? want Trey Lance. He's. Are you kidding? Why wouldn't we want Trey Lance? Anthony. He's he's, a, he. He. Nobody knows if he can even play in the NFL. There, I mean, this is the, the 49ers are okay. contemplating not trading Jimmy Garoppolo because they know that he's not even going to be ready this season. Anita, I was listening to the ESPN yesterday. I was watching. The, I was watching a show that not Mel Kiper, the other gentleman that does the picks, was uh, Todd McShay. He said somebody asked him one of the one of the one of the members of the show asked him. He said that if Trey Lance was in this, he went over all the quarterbacks, but he said if Trey Lance was in this year's draft, he would easily be the number one pick. Easily. So you're saying that you wouldn't trade one of the Giants' first round picks for a so guy. Let, so let me so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight, Anthony. Pick? You're gonna you're gonna give the 49ers a first round pick for a guy that can't play this coming season. And you're gonna be why okay with Lance, why can't he's not, Lance he's not ready. He's not ready. He hasn't had any like really experience. In, in getting ready to play in the NFL. He played at North Dakota State. He started playing football very late in life. And, and the offense that they ran in North Dakota State was more of a running offense and a passing offense. He still has to but learn. Anita, he has elite, but he has elite tools. He has an elite arm. He has elite athleticism. Daniel Jones, I mean, the, 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 the cards have been shown on him. But, 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 what's league, but, but, but here's the here's. But here's the thing, Anthony, and, and I appreciate your phone call, and, and, and please understand that, I, that I, I respect your opinion, and so thank you, but I, I respectfully disagree with you in that, and I just, just marinate in this for a minute, okay? And, and not me, but a number of people have called Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time. You hear it all the time. Oh, the goat this, the goat that, the goat this, the goat that, okay? Um... Did he have an an elite arm? No. Did he have elite athleticism? God no. Go back and look at his video of him running the forty at the combine. It's ridiculously horrible. But what makes Tom Brady so great? What makes Tom Brady the goat, as a lot of people like to call him? It's the it's the mental wherewithal. It's the preparation. It's the film study. It's understanding and knowing exactly what a defense is going to do before they even know what they're going to do. It's having that cerebral aspect of just uh, like totally understanding and digesting the work ethic, first in, last to leave, like all those things. Did his arm get better as he got older in the NFL? It did. I mean, some people say that he threw the ball better this past year than he ever did in any other year that he played with the Patriots. But 
you know, you, and, and you saw what when his offensive line deteriorated in the postseason, you saw what happened. What did he do? Nothing. His completion percentage under pressure is 52%. This is the GOAT now. This is who everybody calls the GOAT. 52% completion percentage with under pressure. But Anthony, everybody calls him the GOAT. He's won so many Super Bowls, doesn't have enough fingers on his body to wear those rings. So is, is Trey Lance uber-athletic? Yeah. Can he throw the ball 90 yards? Yeah. Can he scramble his butt off and avoid getting sacked? Yeah. But the metrics in which a quarterback can excel in that equates to wins is something that he has not developed yet. And there is huge question marks whether or not he will ever develop. And, and, and so that's why, no, you do not give up a five or a seven for Trey Lance. You, do, you, you, you take these picks. The Giants have never been in a situation like this before. You take these picks and you get linemen, whether it's uh, Thibodeau and Cross, whether it's uh, Iquanu and Thibodeau, whatever, like whether it's Cross and, and Iquanu, whatever. Like you get two phenomenal offensive linemen or you get like, a deep, a phenomenal defensive lineman and a phenomenal offensive lineman. And you see what you got in Daniel Jones because I truly believe that the jury is still out. I don't, as John Maris said, we've done everything we could to screw this kid up. And sure enough, they have. And, and uh, one more thing, you know, you, you say Daniel Jones is an athletic. He is, he's uber athletic. Um, Anthony, when you have an opportunity, uh, Google, Daniel Jones or go to YouTube and, and, and look at the videos out there of him and his athleticism playing basketball, like how he can dunk a ball. And I mean, dude ran 22 miles per hour. Daniel Jones was clocked at 20. Granted, he tripped over his own two feet, but he was, I mean, how many human beings can run 22 miles per hour? Dude is athletic. Now, am I saying that he's the end all be all far from it? I am not. All I'm saying is, jury's still out. Give the dude a really good offensive line. Give him some weapons to work with. Give him a running back that doesn't get hurt. And then make an evaluation. And then make an assessment. That's all I'm saying. Jordan Renan joins us straight off the flight. Home from Indianapolis, was there getting all the nuggets, all the news pertaining to the Giants, and now joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So, uh, Jordan, please know how much we appreciate you on this Friday night. Uh, how was Indianapolis? How did, how did Indy treat you? You know how it goes, Anita. Uh, fair to say, when you get home, you, just, you, you, need, you need to go to sleep and get some rest because uh, it's, uh, it's buzzing in Indianapolis when uh, the combine gets there and it goes pretty late at night and Everybody's talking from around the league, and that's uh, how the information kind of flows. So we missed you, though. Yeah, this is my this is my second year that I wasn't there. Uh, if you recall, you know, uh, the last night I was there two years ago, I busted my nose. So, um, you know, that was, that's right. Yeah, remember that? You had the black eye. The I had black the black eye. eye. Yeah. I had I had the busted nose. I had. Um, 
And I'll never forget it. I was, I was uh, the next morning I, I made my way. I had, I think I had like a six or six thirty AM flight home and Harry Carson was sitting, waiting at the, uh, w- waiting to board the flight as well. We, we just so happened to be on the same flight. He looked at me, he's like, what happened to you? And I said, I tripped <laughs> over my, I pulled a Daniel Jones. I tripped over my own two feet and my nose met the side of a, a chair. It was horrible. But anyway, um, well, all right, Anita, let's, Anita if, it makes you, if it makes you feel any better real quick. At Prime 47, which is one of the restaurants everyone goes to, I said a prominent reporter, the men's bathroom was basically flooded with an inch of water, and I saw him take a dive that would have made you feel a lot better about yourself there. And oh, no, that's gross. Drenched with basically toilet water from Prime 47. Oh, and no. That's like dive bar, dive bar, like at that time of the night, it was, it was, uh, it was quite a sight. Who was it? Come no on, names. you got to give us a name. You got to give us a name. No, no, no names. It was a national guy. I'm not going to throw him out there and throw him. Oh my gosh! Butt, he definitely oh my was gosh. not happy. His butt, his butt and back were just like drenched and wet when he got up. And you just you're trying not to laugh because you know it hurt, and he was pissed off. But uh, it was a sight to see for sure. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> All right, uh, on to on to the Giants, and uh, you know, yes. big big news this week in regards to Saquon Barkley. Will he get traded? Will he not? What did you yes. find out in Indy? What do you think is going to happen here? Here's what I'll say about that: Is it on the list? Of, the Giants need to create money, right? They they need they were over the salary cap and they have to get financially healthy, so they have a list of. I don't know, let's say 10 moves. I'm making up a hypothetical here number, right? Uh, so they have a list of 10 moves that can help them get there. This is one of the 10. So is it an option? Absolutely. But when they start ticking down the, the potential options, let's say it's about option number seven. So there's a good chance they don't get to it and don't exercise it because – they would like to keep him. They want to give keep weapons for Daniel Jones. They view him as a guy who could be a really good player still. And the trade value, quite frankly, you talk to people around Indianapolis, fourth, fifth rounder, like that's what say, one year is a one year, seven point two million dollar rental. That's what he is. So the return for that is a fourth or fifth rounder probably, and that's not a great return. No, not at all. And but but you know more importantly, Jordan. I mean, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, well, that's why you can't sign him. So you, the deal is really only one year, seven million, and that's it. And it's not like you're gonna anyone's gonna trade for him and sign him long term. He, he hasn't played and, and stayed healthy for three straight years. That, that's the bottom line. It's really unbelievable. Um, okay, so 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 give me like give me a percentage. Of, of the the possibility the, the chance of him being traded like fifty percent sixty percent forty percent where where does that percent sit right now with you based on everything you know thirty percent how about that okay thirty to thirty five something you know the majority of of Giants fans want him traded that yeah I, I'm sure that well, I'm sure I that doesn't surprise it because it's, it's about moving on I mean you're you're keeping him. Even if you keep him, he's then unsigned. Can you really commit to him long term? Like the injuries that we just talked to, and are they going to are they really going to win this year? So why not take the capital, right? Uh, so I, I fully understand the concept behind it of why Giants fans would want to move on from Saquon Barkley 
because he's on the last year of his deal, and it's impossible, at least right now, from what you see, to want to sign him long term. Again, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, right off the flight, on his way home uh, from the Combine. Uh, what, what did you hear at the Combine in regard to Daniel Jones? Conversations you had with scouts, you know, coaches, you know, what, what's, what's, what's the thought on what the Giants are going to do and, and everything we've heard is that they're going to give him give it an, another college try with Daniel Jones this season. What, yeah. What's the scuttlebutt in, in, at Indy on that? Yeah, I think, I think when you hear people ask about the Giants, like, are, they really, are they really keeping Daniel Jones? It's like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not in a great situation. They kind of have to just suck it up this year. And it's like, all right, I guess. I, I, guess. I mean, there are people who think he could be a, a quality quarterback, but I, and, I, and actually, I'm, I'm one of them. But the thing is, and I, and I talk to, you know, offensive coordinators and a couple of GMs, and I also they think he could be a quality quarterback with the injuries. He hasn't been able to play a full season. That's the thing with him. He's now in the last year of his deal, right, of his rookie contract. Yes, there's a 50-year option out there, but that's a tough thing for the Giants or anybody to pick up. I, I personally don't expect them to do it, so... You're losing the cheap years of him, and is he a guy you really want to build your team around? That's the question. Like, is he the, the, the piece you say, we have to build around this guy? I don't think when you talk to people around the league, there's many people who, who view him as that. So I think that's kind of where we stand. Like, he's, he could be a quality starting quarterback. He's okay. But is he a piece you really want to build around? I think when I talk to people around the NFL and they ask me about Daniel Jones, I think that's kind of where, where it leads to every time. Um. You, let, let's let's talk about the draft, right? I've buried the lead here. You're coming back from Indianapolis. I know a lot happens in regard to free agency and, and, and a lot of talk there. But, you know, this is a, a Giants organization. Real quick, they gotta, real quick they gotta, Yeah. Real, real quick before you say it's about free agency and they talk about it there. That's the thing with the Giants this year. It was weird because they're not players in free agency. I was told basically I could take the month of March off. Like, so, <laughs> so it is it – is it is about the draft for the Giants. I mean, that's what it's about this year. They are not going to be big players in free agency. Uh, it's really, really unbelievable. Um, so, But with that being said, you said it's all about the draft for them, and they have two picks in the top seven. And what an, what an oppor- opportunistic time to, to have those picks, considering they need help on both the offensive and defensive line, and you've got a lot of really stud linemen on both sides of the ball coming out. So... Uh, what you know? What what are you hearing as to who might be available for them at seven as well as five? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, it's just really interesting. It's uh, because the draft does kind of play out well for them. It's a really strong offensive line draft, right? So I, I think, and 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 edge rusher and, and pass rusher. So it's like, all right, at number five, who makes it to them? Is it Kayvon Thibodeau? Is it? Uh, Iki, uh, Iquanu, I mean, it's hard for me to pronounce his name, but, uh, you know, like, do one of those offensive line, linemen make it to him? And I think that's kind of going to determine where the Giants go with five. And then seven is really the one where you look at it, and there's so many options for the Giants. Uh, do, you know, where do they go from there? Trading back, I think, would be a pretty strong possibility for them uh, in this draft. I mean, maybe grab some draft capital for next year because we have to remember going into this draft if 
the Giants don't take a quarterback, which it doesn't look like they're going to take a quarterback, right? We just talked about Daniel Jones. If it doesn't work out with Daniel Jones this year, they're going to have to address it seriously next year. So they better position themselves to be able to do that. So I think the number seven pick is really an opportunity there. But one name I would watch is uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Like that position, the cornerback position, is definitely one you don't hear a lot of people talk about with the Giants, but you could see them go there because James Bradbury's contract is going to be addressed. And whether he's a part of the Giants in you know 10 days or two weeks or whatever it is, is severely in question. So once he's not there, quarterback really comes into play, and Sauce Gardner from uh, Cincinnati is a name that I would watch and I've heard a lot about while I was in Indianapolis but potentially landing with that Giants organization. So Bradbury, I know some big question marks there. I'm expecting him to be gone. What about what about Sterling Shepard? What are you hearing about him? Yeah, it sounds like uh, the Giants would like him to return. And uh, I heard a pretty optimistic uh, prognosis for his injury. I remember he tore his Achilles in December. Uh, and, that, you know, there's a, a good shot that he could be physically cleared by the summer. So, uh, look, he has a big number. It's $8.5 million this year. He's not going to get that. I think everybody is under the realistic expectation there. But I think there's a middle ground that could probably be reached and work to get that number down. You know, Sterling could probably get back some of that money and incentives. Some or all if he, you know, hits all these sets and plays great and plays 17 games, which – he hasn't been able to do. So the likelihood appears to me at this point that Sterling Shepard will be back at uh, with a rework contract and at a a reduced price. Uh, One more thing before I let you go, and that's uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I I know that uh, there's a lot of buzz about him right now. Does he go to the Colts? Um, You know, a a number of teams, there's there's not a, a lot of phenomenal quarterbacks that are coming out right now. And many people that he believe that he's a starting quarterback, not a backup quarterback, of course, which we know he was with the Buffalo Bills this past season. Any chance he comes to New York uh, and, and, you know, he knows Dable's system extremely well. He played underneath it all year last year. What are you hearing about Trubisky? Yeah, I mean, I, I did have some people tell me, hey, watch out. Mitch, watch out for Mitch with the Giants. That, that's a very, very real thing. Uh, the problem is, like I said before, you know, this is a team with limited funds. Are they really going to pay that? Uh, and also, when you look at it from a Trubisky perspective, like, you put him with the Giants, he's basically going to, okay, they're going to say, oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead and compete against Daniel Jones, right? Is there a better opportunity out there for him? Like, if Denver or Washington or Indianapolis call him, isn't that a better opportunity for him than for him to have to be – in a, comp- a straight competition, he goes to those other places. He's the projected clear-cut number one. He comes to the Giants, he's kind of in a straight, even competition to start. So I would say it's possible, and it's something we definitely have to keep our eye on here as we move along. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky, it sounds like he's going to get, you know, the $10 million or you know something above that to get a shot to uh, start somewhere this year in the NFL. Interesting. Uh, One last thing before I do let you go. I'm curious. I I mentioned this earlier. You know, the fact that Robert Sala and the coordinators from the Jets 
did not go to the combine yeah. un- knowing that they have all this draft capital. Was that surprising at all? Was there any discussion in around Indianapolis? Like, how's Robert Sala and the coaching staff not here? Yeah, I think some people look at it as like, hey, missed opportunity to, to get face-to-face with a lot of these prospects. You know, to, that's the whole thing is that they, you get to, you know, the injuries, there's medical and there's interviews. That's what the combine's all about for team, most teams. Uh, you know, the, the on-field stuff is more for show. But for the for the coaching staff and the, the personnel staff, like that's where they learn about guys. They they, they, they try and see what, how guys tick, and it's uh, it's definitely a new approach. I guess they can do it because they're getting the, all these interviews are taped, so they're watching them, but they're not there in the room. So I don't know. I think people are curious of whether it's really you're really getting the same experience as if you're there, if you're face to face with that person. If you're able to look them in the eye and, you know, see how they react and see what they're all about. I just, you know, like I said, like if it's the Rams, like I get it. Like, you know, you don't have a draft pick like in, in this decade. But if, if you're the right. Jets, right, and if you're the Jets and you've got all this draft capital, like, like why wouldn't you? Like, like if I'm Robert Sala, like I want to be there, right? Like I want to be in the thick of well, it. Let, I me, wanna... let me play devil's advocate. Let me play devil's advocate for a second then, right? Right. They'll bring all these guys in. They'll bring all these guys in for their top thirty visits, and they'll meet them face to face in their facility. Yeah, right, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, but people do that as well. Like, but the, you and I both know we've been to Indy. We know what it's like there for the week. There's some. There's value there. There. Yeah. Being there. Uh, you they, know. So they're viewing it as there's value. There's value at home. Uh, you know, doing evaluations or installing, you know, they're off some places are installing offense. Uh, you know, it's still like the, the guys at the Giants teams are just doing stuff. So some teams or people view it as a, their their time is better served working from the from their home base. I don't I don't see that but uh he is, you know again I'm skipping the other side. I don't of see it. it either. He's Jordan Renan and uh just fresh off the flight on his way home giving us all the nuggets he found out while he was in Indianapolis. Jordan appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend my friend. Thanks, Anita. Have a great show. Without further ado, we have a first-time guest joining us. His name is John Rothhouse, and uh, I found him on the Caddy Network. Uh, it's a really, really cool site. I love I love my caddies in and around New York and New Jersey. They're my favorite people. Um, and if they're listening to the show right now, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and so I just love caddies. And so, John, I'm thrilled to have you on. Hi. Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Yeah, no, listen, I'm a fan, man. I, I, um, I stumbled across your, your, uh, your site, uh, the Caddy Network, um, plethora of information from, you know, for fantasy golfers to play in DFS, as well as, um, you know, your picks. And I love the videos that you post and, um, it's really informative and, you know, either you're picking the winners or at least you're in the ballpark. So, um, so kudos to you. I think you guys do a great job. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. We had a couple of nice ones on the West coast, got in on that Tom Hoagie train and the mm-hmm. loose lift action. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's cool to, you know, give the, the caddy side of the story and, you know, it's awesome. You're a fan of the caddies. I mean, definitely a unique perspective in the game. So we, we like to showcase that on the caddy network. So I feel really fortunate. Like, so I host a golf show here on 98.7 ESPN, which um, it'll launch again in April. Typically our first show of the year is always the, uh, the Sunday of the masters. 
and it goes all the way through, you know, the, the end of the, the FedEx championship, right. Um, Mm -hmm. where the tour championship where we, we crown a winner. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm, I'm invited to play on a, a variety of courses here in the New York and New Jersey area. And I'm sure you're familiar with this area, some of the most beautiful courses here. Um, so I feel absolutely blessed and you know, it's, it's when you play courses like that, typically more times than not, they have caddies and, um, yeah. and so I've, I've met some of the most wonderful caddies here in the New York and New Jersey area. And, and I, like, truly I just, you know, I, I'm always I'm always looking to try to break 80 and I feel like my best rounds of golf are always with a caddy. <laughs> so yeah. I know I know how I know how much I how much you are valued and I know what your worth is. <laughs> no, there, you're right. There's some great courses in your area. There's some great caddy yards in your area, too. I'm sure you've encountered some some great nicknames, some great characters in your day. I mean, you know, a good caddy can definitely make your round a lot more enjoyable and you know, if we're able to save you a shot or two around, like that's huge. Yeah. There's bones at Edgewood. There's goose at Liberty. I could go on and on, but nonetheless. All right, John. So let, let's dive into it. Um, we are in the midst of the Florida swing. It's Bay Hill. One of the most challenging golf courses. Uh, I am going to toot my own horn and let you know that uh, mm-hmm. I did. I did have Victor Hovland as my winner heading into this tournament. You can read our ESPN uh, chalk column. Uh, I just felt like probably Cantlay is the only golfer right now that's that's striking the ball just as good, if not better, than Hovland. Um, and I just feel like you know we're, we're, it's it's his time. It's his time. So I love it. He's at the top leaderboard yeah. right now at, at at nine under. He's got a two shot lead over Rory, and Rory knows this track better than most. Um, obviously, he didn't have a great day today. Uh, Victor Hovland shot a sixty six, which was unbelievable. So how do you? I mean. Those are two guys. Either of these guys could win it, right? So, like, how are you approaching Saturday and Sunday? Right. Well, kudos to you for that pick. I mean, and, and you're getting great odds, right? I mean, everybody that's going to try to bet, you know, Victor for the rest of the weekend. I mean, I don't even know what you're going to get on three to plus one. one it's to plus. One, it's plus one. It's plus one twenty right now. Yeah. So not even yeah. two to one. So there you go. So right. yeah, I mean, you got in on him and early, and that was great. And, and I really think he's the man to beat. I, I kind of wasn't on him as much going into this week because I looked at his results and, and I kind of didn't, you know, never had cracked the top 40 in his three tries. But then you look a little deeper into last year and he shot 78, 77 on the weekend. Like he, he was in the mix going into the weekend there last year. And he's, as you pointed out, such a better golfer right now than even a year ago. And a year ago, he was really darn good too. So, I mean, I think you, you're on the right ticket going into the weekend there. I think if you had to take anyone else, you know, you would definitely look at Rory McIlroy. He's done it there before. He plays really well there. I watched a little bit of the action today. I mean, Rory hit this unbelievable shot in the number seven this afternoon. Um, high, tiring, towering, tight draw to like almost made it, you know, which is great news for him going in to Augusta. Um, you know, you also look at a guy like Billy Horschel, who's been playing some really good golf lately, getting his ball in the hole, has never won in Florida. You know, he's a guy to kind of look at. Um, you know, coming from the back of the pack, but they've really separated themselves up at the top there. And, you know, Taylor Gooch is there too, Terrell Hatton as well. But, you know, you're, you're on the right person going into the weekend for sure. Um, and, and just to share some odds here for, for the folks that are listening, because this is a gambling show. Um, again, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Victor Hovland plus 160. Rory, you can get it plus 350. 
considering, you know, just how dominant he is on this track, you know, I, I might, I just might throw a little coin on that just to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. Like CYA, um, Horschel is 10 to one John Rahm. What the heck's what, what's going on with him, man? Like he just is not look great. He's 20 to one. Um, just to name, uh, just to give you a, a few stats out there and really interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I also, I have like the strokes gained. So, so far in the, in, in the first two rounds, John, I've got strokes gained, uh, total Hovland is at one. Um, but very interesting Rory and some of his comments prior to this, he said that he was really feeling the flat stick. He felt really comfortable putting, but he's 50, mm-hmm. he's 50 at strokes gained putting. So obviously the putter is not the putter is not working for him. Well, to me, and, and his putter's been really good all year long. Yeah. And so I, that to me says if you're ever going to add somebody, you know, to hedge your bet or a little further down the board at a guy that you know, if his putter's been cold the first two days and mm-hmm. he's striking the ball well, your putter can always heat up. So you know, I think Rory in a chase mode on a place that has four par fives that he's, you know, dominated on in the past. I mean, he's only got to beat two guys this weekend. Really interesting with these two is that a few weeks ago when they were in Saudi Arabia or wherever they were, Dubai, and they both had a chance coming down the stretch and Victor ended up beating him. He was in the group ahead of him. I caught up with uh, Rory's caddy, Harry Diamond, when I was out at Riviera and talked to him for a little bit. And he's like, man, we should have won that golf tournament, but we didn't. So, you know, Rory, I think, is trending in the right direction, uh, you know, maybe for this week, certainly for Augusta. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, it's, if this putter's not hot yet, you know, at least it's not as cold as, as Rahm's was here the first two days, right? Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, he's 72 in regard to strokes gained yeah, putting. 72. Strokes gained around the green, 59. So that's where Rom's really struggling. Uh, but when you look at Rory, again, second in strokes gained total, first in strokes gained tee to green, first in strokes gained off the tee, six in strokes gained around the green. So I, I think you're right. Last thing before I let you go, because it is a Friday, and I feel bad I've pulled you away from your family, um, and that is no, looking, good. L- looking ahead to the futures bets when it comes to the Masters. Yeah. And yeah. I was reading in regard to, to, to Rory, um, his, his coach – uh, Mike Mike Bannon was not able to really travel with him here to the states because of COVID the past you know twelve months plus, mm-hmm. and um, and the two of them have really been working really really hard. And like I said, he said he's been feeling really good putting. You know, we, we've seen him of course, and, and I just shared some stats with you: 16, 14 to one right now the odds yeah. for Rory to win the Masters. This is the only this yeah. this would complete it, right? This is it. This is the only major he's never won. You know he wants it. At 14 to 1, I don't think he'll especially if let's say he finishes in the top 5. Let's say, you know, he he wins this tournament. I just don't think you're going to get 14 to 1 odds for Rory to win the 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 uh, you know, the Masters after this weekend. No, I would bet it tonight, honestly. I mean, I just think you know, we always want Rory to figure out a way to win at Augusta, and it hasn't happened for him yet. And, you know, we can diagnose a variety of reasons why. But, you know, it feels like he's starting to strike his irons a little better right now. You mentioned his coach being in. He's putting it well. He's got the course history there. So, you know, at 14-1, to 1, I think he's a great bet. I, I don't see Rom, you know, putting the green jacket on this year. You know, you look at a guy like Spieth, we know he can play well there. And then in front of him still is Justin Thomas, who has bones on the bag now, which is going to be a huge mm-hmm. factor for him out there. But 
you know, Justin is still figuring out. He's had a lot of good finishes there, but, you know, only one top ten. Um, so I think Rory is a great guy to take there at 14-1. I looked a little further down the board just to, you know, as I was glancing at today. I mean, Patrick Cantlay, it's hard to ignore him. He, he's going off at 20-1. to one, And Brooks Kepka right in front of him has had a couple nice tournaments this spring, some really bad ones too. But, you know, him in the majors is good. Um, and then Cam Smith is another guy that's just had a really monster year so far as playing the best he ever has in his life and has played well in Augusta before. So, you know, those are some guys I've got an eye on. But I, I just think Rory <laughs> this week, Rory at Augusta, I like Victor this week too. I, I think those are two names to keep an eye on. Last one for you really quick. Uh, Third-round matchup, Rory against Hovland. Rory minus 115, Hovland minus 105. Who are you playing there? Gosh, um, I, I'll take Rory with the par fives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the and the ball striking going right now. I'll I'll take him. You know, and, it's and hard just, to play with the lead, but yeah, yeah, and, and just and just believing believing that the putter is, will yeah. get hot again. Believing the putter yes, will get hot yes. again. The hotter the putter's been hot all year, you know, and and he's on a place where he putts well typically. So yeah, I I, I think he's going to have a really nice weekend. Whether he's going to win or not, but I, I think I think he's going to be right there at the end. Fantastic. Uh, John, really a, a pleasure having you on. Uh, why, don't, why don't you let our listeners know out there, um, you know, exactly more about the, uh, the the Caddy Network, where they could find you, all your social media, all that stuff. So hopefully we can get you some yeah. more followers and, and some more fans. For sure, yeah. Check out Ed Caddy Network on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Our website's really good. Um, you know, we're really in tune with all the caddies on the PGA Tour and just caddies all over. And we've got a lot of cool things. We're starting up uh, this upcoming year. You mentioned some club caddies and stuff, and so we're, we're opening up some new, you know, places where, you know, golfers and, and caddies can hang out online. And then uh, you can follow me, too, at Rathouse, R-A-T-H-O-U-Z, and uh, lots of cool retweets and just original content, too. So it's cool to be a part of that whole community, and I really appreciate you having me on tonight. Absolutely. I told you, I, I, I went online and I bought a few of the, the, your, your caddy T-shirts that uh, Decky's caddy was wearing when he uh, pulled that stick, right? Uh, and got and you guys yes, got, got how you, awesome was that? It was, it was, yeah. it was so good. I mean, you got so much publicity. That's how I. That's really how I found out about you guys. In a sense, like, wait a minute, I've seen that logo, and then went online and 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 bought a few shirts for a few of the caddies here in town that I love, and they love it. They wear them all the time underneath their suits. So. Uh, anyway, uh, John, it really a pleasure, pleasure having you on tonight. Thank you so much. Would would love to have you on even more, especially when we uh, kick off our golf show here on 98.7 ESPN in April. Sweet. Sounds good, Anita. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Have a great weekend. All right. Uh, John Rothas, uh, again, and, and you can see him all over the Caddy Network. Just a really, really excellent site. So much information and, and really, really uh, good stuff, especially – uh, if if you golf, you know caddies. Know, <laughs> caddies know more about what's going on in our golf world than anyone. That's for sure. So really awesome having him on. This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.